Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Down by the Creek. I am Alvin Williams, the shepherd of uh, the flock of Creekers that are going forward into the abyss that is this show. I mean, for some, it's not an abyss. For some, it's an obsession. But for me, it is the abyss, and I'm excited about it. I love not knowing what happens next. I don't know when this is recorded as far as the lineage of this great news, but I don't. I'm, the Creek world is freaking out because... Apparently, at some point, Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait is returning to all DSPs as the streaming music when you hear the show. Uh, shout out to Jan Arden. On the Run is just not the song. It just isn't the song. No disrespect to her. She has wonderful songs out there. And maybe it's the bias of wanting to hear Paula Cole, but nobody likes the song. And, and that's no disrespect to Jan Arden. It just is what it is. Sorry, Jan. Um, but yes, I'm still basking in that. So if this has been weeks after this news has uh, been released, I don't care. I'm excited about it, and it's big, and, and I can't wait to hear it. I don't know when they're going to do it, but I'm excited for when it happens. I know it. I still got six seasons of this damn show to watch, so it's going to happen at some point, and I'm jazzed. But anyway, let's. you guys are here to talk about Creek stuff, and I can't do that by myself as I've already established, okay? Joining me this Creek, my guest is a songwriter, composer, and audio engineer for the Exactly Right Podcast Network, they are also the exact kind of person that I want to have this conversation with about this insane show. So please welcome Annalise Nelson. Hey, Alvin. Annalise, first of all, thank you for reaching out to me <laughs> and, and, and offering your services to talk about this, this show. I mean, uh, you know, the show called you, honestly. You yes. know, it, it, call, it called you. Yes. And you're here. Yeah. I'm, and I appreciate I, it. I am. I'm so happy to be here. I have like we we right before we started recording, I mentioned that it, it's a problem. Like I, how much I love this show. It, it runs deep and I uh, I should let it go. And I probably never will. So I'm always happy to talk about talk don't about these crazy go. kids from this yeah. bizarre town. <laughs> yes. It's don't ever let it go. It's 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 an <laughs> it's an obsession that is worthy of what it is. I mean, I'm watching the show with you know, a little tongue in cheek, but it's still highly entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't imagine this being a show that you grew up with and also being able to look at it the second watch as an adult and go, oh, wow. Yeah, we really uh, were very forgiving about this show. So it's like yeah. double valuable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a nice little like way to return to certain like because, you know, I've I've watched this show several times and said several iterations, you know, the first being. Um, when it was live, and then I was recording it on VHS tapes and rewatching it whenever I oh, could. Wow. And then when it came out on DVD when I was in high school, and then, you know, throughout, you know, like when Netflix had DVDs, and then I would watch that. And it just, you know, so oh, you watch it at different points in your life, and you're like, oh, you really, you learn <laughs> new things every time, and you have more to reflect on. That's for so sure. many versions of yourself, and yet all these people stay the same. Yes. And so it allows you to just like, Every time you come back, you're like, oh, wow, I don't agree with a lot of these, these things that these people are saying. But you bring up a very far throwback there, which is the Netflix queue. Mm -hmm. Before people, because I, you know, I, I bring this up a lot and the listener actually reached out to me and was like, listen, it's not that big of a deal that I'm young. OK, but they were like, I was one when this show came out. So thank you for telling me what it was like and whatever, right? So they, the, I'm assuming that listener has no idea that Netflix used to just come in DVDs. Yep. One, maybe two, if you had the premium, maybe you get two or three at a time, but I think, I think I was getting two at a time. And you just had to go down, you had to get your queue in line, and if you don't adjust it at the right time, you might have changed your mind, yep. and that movie's coming. If you, don't, if you don't change that queue in time, that movie is coming. You're, you're screwed. See, you, yeah. ju you have to watch it. You, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just here. 
it's a forced uh, Princess it's a forced Diaries queue. again. Yeah, it's not like I mean okay, you had great, more freedom yeah. at Blockbuster Video, you know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my God, magical times! I talk about Blockbuster so much on this podcast. So good. What a simpler time it was, Annalise. What a simpler time it was. Y- yes, we certainly <laughs> thought it was. You know. <laughs> when I look back fondly on my memory, I'm like, man, the amount of times I didn't move Hocus Pocus from my queue. And it, and just, it just came. It just came several times. It'll come. It'll just come several times if you don't remove it from your queue. That's a good queue. thing to have in the queue. You know, it's like you're never going to be disappointed that Hocus Pocus shows up. You know, you're like, all this right, is, I can, I can be okay true. with this. So we watched uh, episode 10, Double Date. Dawson still sulking over his breakup with Jen and now having the knowledge that she has a date with Cliff, played by Scott Foley. That jawline, man. That's, that's just a handsome dude. guy. Love man. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he decides to mastermind a double date to stay close to Jen, which is not weird at all. Uh, meanwhile, Pacey starts to see Joey in a new light and shares his feelings with Dawson, uh, who re- reevaluates his own feelings about their childhood friend, Joey. Um, I would say that's, you know, that's, that's a, there's a lot of in-between and subcontext we got to get to and we will get to it, but that's like, you know. That's the meat and potatoes summary. of the episode for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this episode was written by John Harmon Feldman and directed by David Samuel, and it premiered on April 28th, 1998. Now, Annalise, a question I like to ask my guests is, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because a little pre-production for the people listening, um, some this is the first this is the first episode that I think I got the sounds completely correct and people aren't like I can kind of hear them so this is this is the first episode where my guests can I believe hear my sound effects clearly and I'm so proud because Annalise what I want to ask you is what was the best part of waking up the best part of waking up the best part of waking up in the 90s Annalise what was the best part of waking up in the 90s let's just take this episode date for example it's April of 1998 Annalise is waking up their their day consists of what oh my gosh well I would have been nine I would have been in fourth grade nice so I would have probably thrown some clothes on but at the time I was thinking about this because I was looking at the pod and um so there used to be this American Girl book with like little guides for how to like live your life. Oh, okay. Like how to live your I was life. Thinking of the dolls. Like it's, was, yeah, no, it's same, like a, same it's company, like... same company. But like under the umbrella of it, they used to like release things for for young girls. And one of the things they had was like a guide for how to get ready in ten minutes. And so I wow. tried to do so like, that. So like Cosmo for kids. It's kind of Cosmo for kids. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was, yeah, it was. And I was obsessed with the notion of like how fast could I get ready for school? And they had a guide of how to do it in 10 minutes. And looking back, there is, it is chaotic. There is no way anyone could do this. It was like, first of all, it involved a lot of pre-production. Like you had to do all the stuff the night before, like set up. You Wait, know. so like, t- so you're saying 10 minutes from like out of bed to out yes. of the door? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's it's, it's impossible. Like at the time I thought, oh, I could do this, but it involved like the assumption that your clothes would be laid out ahead of time, that you had showered sure. the night before, that you had made your lunch and your breakfast the night before. And oh, so geez. all you had to do was wake up put your clothes on and it like had it timed out. So like brush your hair 30 seconds, brush your teeth 30 seconds, eat breakfast four minutes. And I was like, no one's doing this. But I, at the time remember being totally obsessed with trying to make this happen and it never did. So, um, yeah, that was this prob- is like this. This is like, this is probably, I think this is, I feel like this is the same advice. Like, Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal has for like people on Wall Street where it's like, if you want to go out and make millions of dollars, you do a line of cocaine and you just get out there now. You know, like Total that's insane. Scam. That's insane. Total <laughs> that's scam. Insane. There were, it was not happening. It was not happening. And I'm also like, 
anyone who's brushing I'm like now it takes me 30 seconds to brush my hair because I literally have barely any hair but when I was I had a mop I had like Joey Potter hair at the time so I had I had a lot going on so there's just whip it through that 30 seconds no way I toothbrush your toothbrush is already pasted from the night you you laid it out and put toothpaste (laughs) on it from the night before obviously what laid that out what so sociopath is doing this insane (laughs) that's insane and to do what like I, I need to get to school before the school starts to be it, outside in line. <laughs> I think it was just so that you could sleep in as much as possible. So like oh, if you had now to be you say school, that, I respect that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I can get an extra 10 minutes of sleep, I'll forego being stuck in traffic, not eating breakfast. There's so many things I'll not do for 15 more minutes of sleep. And I think, so I do think the intentions were good, but I just think that the reality of it was just not possible at all but do you think that's the logic like what what were these kids going through in 1998 where they're like you guys need more sleep you guys are run you guys are burning the candle at both ends nothing the 90s was was the easiest time to be a child we had nothing to worry about why were we why were we so stressed out that man i really could use that extra 10 no it was fine my mom my lovely mom was making me breakfast and driving me to school that was it actually no at the time well no had I moved houses? Because at a certain point, I moved houses, and I lived around the block from my school. So I literally oh. just had to walk. It was a five-minute walk. So there was no stress. All I had to remember was my clarinet. You know, that was it. Well, yeah, with that extra 10 minutes, you're guaranteed to not forget that clarinet. Though. Yeah, even though, yeah, I, I would have probably anyway. I would have found a way to forget. Trust trust me. Yeah, because you're nine. So it's like, even with all this extra time, you're like, I didn't do any of those things I saved the time to do. <laughs> I didn't oh, do my homework yeah. extra or anything. I had 10 minutes of free time to, to use on nothing. Exactly. It's just it's just totally useless. So that's what, when when I was listening to the segment, I was like, that's the first thing that popped into my head is that the people need to remember or know this. this I, I'm very curious to see if any of the people who listen uh, were also read that article. Also read, yeah, because it was a little book. It was like a little guidebook. And then in the book, it was like how to get ready. So, OK, so we're staying in April. Yeah. Annalise comes home from school, yeah. crushed it, had an extra 10 minutes. So, yeah. you know, that that amount of time gives you energy to kick ass the rest of the school day. You now come home. What are we watching that night? Like, what what is your lineup of television? And this could be any day. We don't have to pick a certain day of the week. But, like, what were your go-tos in 1998? Oh, 100% Animaniacs. Like, oh man, that's a great one. I don't know if it was still on at the time, but I just my definitely was still on. My memory of after-school television was 4 p.m. Animaniacs. Always. Yes. Every day. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, that was that was the big one for sure. And then this was around the time that the WB came into my life, obviously. So that was that transition from like liking the cartoon shows and also wanting teenage melodrama. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so were you watching Dawson's Creek from its inception? Yes. I don't know if I watched the very first episode, but. But you were in, in the time that it was on. Yes. I was watching Dawson's Creek in 1998. Yes. Wow. With my parents. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is that is that is also amazing because Melissa from Moms and Murders, uh, she had we had, we did an episode together and she told me that this show was forbidden in her house because that storyline of Pacey hooking up with his teacher Miss Jacobs was like went around town and there were some parents who were like this show is evil, <laughs> and it will not play in our house. I mean, here's the thing: is that I think what it was is so I'm an only child. Okay. And this was not the show I was choosing to watch. It was, oh, okay. I walked in and my parents were watching the show 
and I didn't know what it was. And my dad was like, oh, Annalise, you kind of look like that girl with the brown hair. We didn't know. We didn't okay. know she was Katie Holmes at the time. This was. Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody knew this. She was, you know, <laughs> she was not even Joey Potter yet. She was just the girl with the brown hair. And that yeah. was enough to pique my interest of like, oh, there is a human that may slightly resemble me. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, I just got into it. And so mom and I became obsessed and it was our show. And but I think because they were present and also I grew up in a very sure. liberal town. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. So like oh, it okay. was a place where like parents did have sex t- talks with their kids. You know what I mean? Like they did sit us down and say like, hey, this is how the birds and the bees were. Yeah. Um, and so I think they would rather. I mean, the thing with my parents is they always were. They wanted it to. They wanted me to hear and listen and learn things from them first. So I think yes. they would have rather me watch something like that with them, so that they could have a conversation and answer any questions that might have just been in your head, rather than me being like, "Oh, so uh, yeah, hooking up with teachers. This is chill, right? Yeah, this is super fun, right? Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is what tenth grade will be like. All right, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Okay, good to know. All yeah. right. <laughs> but that's see, but that's. Such a better way to approach things than like repression and yeah. Oh, yeah. just denying that they, it exists. Like the idea that somebody would go, we just are going to pretend like that show doesn't exist, even though it became like the biggest teen show <laughs> ever. We're just like, that didn't. We don't talk about that. Even though we know you saw it, we're just not going to address that or explain anything to you. And you'll figure it out at some point or it'll it'll manifest itself in some other weird way. And That'll be fine. We'll deal with that rather than talk about this TV show. Yeah, but it was interesting because as big as the show was, I don't know if it was just like the the school I went to, but like liking shows like this, there was kind of there was a little bit of low grade misogyny. Like if you liked stuff like this, it was kind of like, oh, you watch that show. Like if I had watched if I had watched like The West Wing or something, that would have been different. But because it For was, sure. you know, like you know, talking about feelings. It's and like romance. a simpy. It's like a simpy show. To, yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully, I fully understand that, and would say that I also suffered from that at the time, and that might be why I didn't really watch the show. I was like, this is a show for like, like girls or something. You know, like that's just like in the idea in my mind. And now I'm like, I missed out on all this amazing stuff. You know, and then that's that's so ironic to me because I don't, I don't think that the idea was the same. About Buffy the Vampire Slayer, no. which is why it's such an amazing show. I mean, that show kicks oh, ass, man. but it is like it's a female-led show, and I don't think anybody's like that's a was like that's a girl show, you know, because she's kicking ass and taking names and and maybe because it's like, a genre show, you know. And also, Buffy is yeah. just like an I mean, it's incredible. I actually just rewatched. I watched that actually from the beginning when I was a kid, but then I didn't watch yeah. like after season three or season four. There was like a breakoff point where I kind of lost Same. interest. But then, it got a little. It started to get a little crazy, and yeah. I would agree with that. But those first few seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer are really good. Sarah Michelle Gellar mm-hmm. is incredible, and it does a thing that I always try to give Dawson's Creek the credit for. Now that I'm watching it again, is that I know for a fact while I'm watching the Buffy, there's moments where it's making fun of itself. Yeah, like it's blatantly. It's cl- it's clear. It's not. There's no question. And sometimes I'm watching Dawson's Creek, and I'm like, okay, did he? Did Dawson just call himself a great guy and? ironically because like he's not showing him that uh, to be part of his character based on the show and i'm like no we're supposed to think that of him it's not it's not irony or him being sarcastic or the writer being sarcastic he's serious yeah i mean i think you get a little window i think some of the writers clearly felt differently because there are moments where you'll have a jen or a joey say something to him and call him out and point it out to him, but it's always apologized for later or retracted later yes. in some way or qualified Exa- later. And that's, that's my the problem. problem. Yes. But I will say, and this isn't giving anything away, but you know, showrunners do change in season three. So you have 
Kevin Williamson leaves after after season two, and then Greg Berlanti, who now like owns the CW basically, <laughs> and all of all of its <laughs> you know subsidiaries. Uh, yeah, you know he took over, and it was his first show, and it becomes a much more self aware. It becomes more meta, and you you have those oh, moments wow. where they're winking. There there are some strong meta moments in season three. Where oh, it's I'm almost, it might turn some people that. off. I love it because it was what I wanted. It was like I that's wanted strange. that self, yeah. I wanted that self awareness. Oh, yeah. Oh my, Annalise, that is you just gave me. You just dangled such a carrot in front of my face. <laughs> not that I'm, not that I'm getting burned out from this, but the idea that this show will at some point be laughing with me lo- about yeah. itself, yes, is that is amazing. That gives me so much excitement. It's, oh my it's god, it's never wow. gonna be like outright outrageous. Sure, but it's even something. Yes, and I, I feel like I had to give you that little little carrot only because I'm going to tell you, you think season one is nuts, season two is completely off the rails, and if I oh. didn't think it got better, I may stop. It is, it is, there's a lot, there are a lot of wonderful moments in season two, but it is a lot, and it's a little all over the place, and I don't know if that's because oh Kevin was juggling stuff, or he was, you know, kind of passing the baton, but it, it feels chaotic, so season three to me is one of the most grounded it is the most grounded season of Dawson's Creek it is I think the best season of when I first reached out to you I was like hey you know off in the future yeah I'll jump in when it when I when I like it 100% but there's a I was like no I need you now Annalise I need you now but there's a lot to like about seasons one and two and a lot to talk if if not to like a lot to talk about because uh that's where I'm at with it there's a lot I'm excited at the prospect I'm excited at the prospect of just watching this show an objective because there are some episodes that are just undeniably like there's nothing really for me to make fun of. I'll still I'll still find things to make fun yeah. of, obviously. Oh, yeah. But there's just some episodes that are just like the drama's great, the the scenes are, like the hurricane episode. I did that with Stephen Ray Morris. Great episode. It, it's dramatic. Mitch does this whole monologue in the car. It just is a great episode. There's there's stuff I can make fun of because I do think Dawson is a serial killer, so I can oh, always find those yeah. little. I can take those red strings and tie those in any episode. I can find those. But that episode is just objectively good. So I'm excited about the idea of a season that's just like, this is just good writing and there's no plot holes or not many plot holes and it's just good. But you just telling me season two is chaos? I want that. Season two That's is what chaos. I live for. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... I heard season six is chaos. Season... I, I hear some, there's some oh seasons that are just like nuts. There's an episode in season six that's just a no doubt concert, which at the time was great oh because it, that was my favorite band. <laughs> oh my and so that was my a ska, a ska concert was, in 2012. Oh my it God. was my it, oh. 2002. It was a oh. dream come true. Cause that was a, a show I actually went to in real life. Yeah. So I went and saw them in Denver as, as a 14 year old. So like yeah. to have my favorite band play on my favorite show, it was just my little oh. brain just exploded. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the first few episodes of season three are, 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 are very chaotic as well. But then like, about seven or eight eps in. This is probably getting a little too inside baseball, but like about seven or eight eps. I'm here. The, <laughs> Annalise, that's what this show is. <laughs> it's inside the creek. We're inside it. I want all of the deets. Not all oh. of the plot line deets, but I like knowing what I what I have to look forward to. Yeah, you're gonna get I'm, some I'm, uh, you're gonna get some nutsness, like seasons season two, first few episodes of season three, and then then the 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 solidification of certain this the what I'll say is what what see what Dawson's Creek is known for really solidifies in season three and carries Ooh. through the rest of the series. So that's so, it found its footing. I think Greg did a you know Kevin you know created the characters did a great job, but Greg was like I know what to do with these characters and he took them. I'm off. excited for yeah. that. I'm excited because the one thing the one commentary that I have about Dawson so far. I mean obviously I'm, I'm a long ways from season three, but I'm like I'm just not seeing any arc. 
Like yeah. he just is kind of is who he is. Everybody else you're starting to see, even especially in this episode, Pacey, you get, you know, a little bit more of like how his brain works and he, he's, a, he's a troubled kid, but he's a good kid at, at, his, at his heart. You get some insight in, into Joey and yeah. what is at stake for her. And Jen, we've gotten some stuff of, for her that's giving her an arc and complicates her. Where Dawson's like, no, I'm a director. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a boy wonder. And I'm just always right, even when I'm not, when I'm not right. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit it, kind of, but I won't really apologize for it. And that just is who he's been <clears throat> well, the it, whole time. It peaks, and it peaks in season three. Like he he probably becomes his most despicable in season three. And oh wow, he can get worse. Oh, oh friend, oh my God. <laughs> you have no what? idea. You have oh no God. idea. Like he goes from <laughs> he goes from like like you know like microaggression dude in season one where he's kind of like saying shit to Jen or sorry, can I curse? Yeah, where he's just like, yes, you can, can you curse? <laughs> I was Hell yeah, you can curse. I was just chicken. Yes, <laughs> where he goes from being like oh because you've got all these dates you're going on like being passive. Yeah, he's like James are constantly. He goes yes. from oh, being yeah, passive yeah, aggressive yes. to aggressive aggressive in season three, yes. and it's so oh. cathartic because you feel this in the first two episodes and you're like yes for two seasons and then in season three you're like yes this is the monster that's who you always are. been yeah and i'm glad i'm seeing it out front and not just like being apologized for and he still has allies but like and people feel bad for him but like yeah he season season three is like that that insanity and then season four he kind of does have a bit of a he calms down and actually I, i'm actually watching season four with my roommate right now for and he's watching it for the first time and yeah we both were kind of shit talking Dawson a lot the first three seasons. And then I'm watching season four again with him. And I'm like, you know what? He becomes kind of a good dude. Like he actually kind of like, whoa. Yeah. I know it's a lot for me to say, cause I fucking hate his guts, but season four <laughs> Dawson is probably the best Dawson. And so there's, it's, it's interesting to I see. I love that. It's that much of a journey, but it's, be, it's, I'm on episode 10 of season. One. I know. But so this is where, what you have to look forward to is it's like he, you, you end up hating him as much as you possibly can. And then you're kind of like, Oh, as soon as you stop thinking about your relationships with women, and your need to be validated romantically. Yes. Oh, you can actually maybe be a better person once you let that go a little bit. And you're, it's 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 it says a lot. It says a lot. That's beautiful. But let's go ahead and uh, dive into this insane, insane episode. <laughs> so um, uh, this episode kicks off right <laughs> with Dawson maniacally pacing past a very ominous poster of. Of Hook, oh, yeah. the Robin Williams vehicle, uh, tormented because Jen has the audacity to not want to hang out with him after she dumped him. You realize it's been nearly two weeks since Jen and I broke up, and now once has she made an effort to get together? I mean, just spend some time. Maybe go to the movies. I, you think it's odd? Because it seems a little odd to me. There's a certain way to handle these things, you know? And I, I thought Jen would hold herself to that standard. Look, Dawson, you don't sound like a guy who's disappointed in Jen's breakup etiquette. You sound like a guy who can't face the reality that it's over. Like, they've ever really been friends. Like, he, this dude has never really been her friend. Because the moment ever. he laid eyes on her, he was like, that's going to be my girlfriend. Like, immediately yes. he decides it. They've never actually been friends. So the fact that he thinks, even for a moment, that it's going to be a thing, bonkers. He's just insane. It really is. He's a very insane, obsessive person. It's just very strange. Uh, and Joey proceeds to give him some advice on preparing to move on and what to expect and you know, she's going to be dating other guys and all these things. She lays these breadcrumbs. And, you know, I think he kind of half listens. But then when Pacey later on gives him the advice he wants to hear, he just throws all everything Joey said out of the window. Yeah. Like, you're telling me what I want to hear and what what will get me what I want. So I'm going to follow your your logic, even though it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, so after the credits roll, uh, we are now downstairs at the Leary house and the phone rings. 
And Mitch, you know, says hello to the person on the phone and then passes it to Gail, who proceeds to kind of rush off the phone. She's kind of vague, gets off the phone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the gall you would have to have to do that? Like who? It, like I, I kind of. How important could the question have been on Nothing. How important could it have been? It was probably like, oh, we it, honestly, that was a flex. That was Bob. That was Bob yes. trying yes. some shit. He was, yes. he was calling to be like, oh, I can. That is what that was. Like, this is. Because what could it have been? Like, what color are you wearing on camera today? I want to make sure I contrast. Like, what could it have been? This is, you know, pre and like pre. I mean, we had email, but like people weren't using it that much. Like, I guarantee you this was not an urgent call. Like, she straight up says she's like, oh, well, we can talk about this when I go when I go in. So it already we are con- we have confirmation that it is not necessary for him to be calling her right, right now at all. He just wants he just wants to hear her voice. And it's not even her. It's just I think it's a power play. We yes. don't know much about Bob, but that's as much as I do know. I don't know what the right way to handle this is. Maybe just say, like, it won't happen again. I, I don't. I, I've told him it's over. But like she goes. You know, like, it's, it's no big deal. Like, you know, you don't have to be mad at him. Like, mm. oh, he has so many she reasons been, to be mad at she, him. You, te- you could tell she was already tense on the phone. So to me, the right response is to get off the phone and to be just as mad and to be like, I can't believe he would call here and be honest and be like, that was Bob. I cannot believe he's not calling again. He's never to call here again. I'm so sorry. And to apologize to her husband. Like, that was the right thing to do. But I think she was caught off guard. But the thing that she said, well, yeah, about... You know, he didn't do anything. Right. Yes, he did. It was like not handled very well at all. Mitch storms out. And and again, this relationship also Mitch does something later on in the show that I just didn't really like. And, yeah. and we'll get to it. But like this is such a toxic relationship. And I think that this was an opportunity to give some sympathy to Dawson. And they find opportunities to do so like they do in this episode for a brief moment. But I think that I don't think they realized how much sympathy Dawson really needed because he's floating through this show like the most puritanical assholey dude ever that a little bit of like his home life is just, it's just terrible. It's a rough time right now would have let people go like, Oh, that's why he's looking for such perfection in his life. But it just doesn't read that because way it's fully never connected. Like those two ideas are never connected in the He story. just is that way. And they're getting a divorce and they're going through marital troubles, yeah. but he also is just this way. Exactly. He's not this way because of that. <laughs> What's going on at he home? He was this way before he knew that his mom was cheating on. Like, like that. Come on, let's be honest. Yes. Like, he would have done this no matter what. I have to think that then, that when they're filming this show, you're supposed to be on Dawson's side. But it's funny. I think that Dawson is is pretty um, is actually a pretty good example of like kind of a '90s good guy in some ways. I think that like going back and watching old things like rom coms and other television shows from the 90s yeah. like or you watch Buffy for example Xander there are a lot of people who are Xander apologists and especially at the time you watch it and you're like oh he's just a dude he's just obsessed with his friend and it's like watching it now you're like oh he needs to calm down like he is making her uncomfortable this is bad and I think that we that was just something of like oh he's this kind of dorky guy he doesn't get the girl and that's why he's so sore but now we see that that is another example of toxic masculinity and we're we're able to kind of comprehend it in a different way that I don't think we did at the time we were just like oh man he just he's just the underdog poor guy yeah you know, but- as opposed to like what right do you have for this girl to like you. Yeah. None. It, None why whatsoever. is it like, woe is me? Like I still, I, I feel for Jen because I, to this day, I've rewatched the show so many times and I still, I, I really think that she is drawn to him just because it's like, 
she sees like an image of somebody who she thinks is wholesome, who she thinks is simpler, who she thinks is kinder. The family situation's okay. And she just, she was so desperate for um, a change of pace, a change of pace and community. And I think that he didn't realize it necessarily, but he was taking advantage of that. And so that's the thing that's a little bit fucked up. So she just is not entertained or thrilled by this dude, man. It just isn't the case. It's not there. I mean, you know, I was listening to the boyfriend episode. It's like that moment where it's like, well, are you attracted to him? Like, you got to pause. Yeah, you have to think about it. It's not there. And she thinks about it so in uh, so many episodes. We're like, do you think he's funny or nice or charming or anything? I, I mean, like, uh, what's charming or what's like attraction? You're like, oh wow, you just don't <laughs> like this guy. This is just it's really blatantly Webster's obvious. Dictionary defines attraction yeah. as. <laughs> so I mean, do you want to go by like the traditional definition of attracted? I don't really go by that. Uh, uh, cut back to Cape Side High with Comeback by Vaporhead Blasting. I mean, this, oh, this yeah. song just really blasts on, on the quad. This They're is a throwing great frisbees. episode for music. This is a great episode yes, for music. Yes, yes, yes. It, it really is. And, you know, also the Cape Side, they're always showing, like, the, the campus of Cape Side as if it's a college. Like, <laughs> I've never, like, th when do kids have time to throw frisbees on the campus of high school? I don't know, man. I grew up in Boulder, so I saw I, there was a lot of frisbees being thrown around, a oh, lot yeah. of stoners throwing well, frisbees I, around. But it's like you're not going to class, right? Like that's like <laughs> those are the kids that could have just been throwing a frisbee anywhere around town, yeah, in their backyards. Yeah, they 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 frame it like, yeah, well, in between uh, geometry class, you want to go toss the disc around. No way, man. You got ten minutes between period <laughs> yeah. max, max. You got to go to your locker. You got to go to the bathroom. You don't have time. Yeah. You got to flirt with somebody. You don't have time. Yeah. I have time for a quick game of, of hacking the sack. Hacking just of the sack. It's not happening. Yeah, you don't have time for the hacking of the sack. But uh, so, you know, we, we cut inside of, of Cape Side. Dawson runs into Jen, literally, yeah. who immediately wants to know if they can still be friends. It was such an abrupt question and conversation in the hallway. It, it just was such a weird timing for that. It was like directly to the point conversation. Like, hey, Dawson, like, so can we still be friends? Or well, like, listen, what's up you with this? Were, if you were previously dating like this, you know, emotional narcissist who likes to control things, I think her defense mechanism is I got to get in there first and I got to make sure he understands because he is bonkers. Like he is a sociopath. Yeah. He is going to take advantage of the situation. So I'm going to get in there first and be like, Hey, so I'm just checking. Like, I would really like to be your friend. Like she is trying to, de to, you know, define the relationship to DTR, like constantly yes. to, to take back her control. Okay. I think is that, yes. that's how I read that. Really what she's saying is I would really like to be your friend. <laughs> and this is, we're not getting back together. Yes. So, you know, I know you're not going to leave me alone, but we can, let's be friends. Precisely. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, so uh, uh, he actually just leaves her hanging with no answer to that question. Which, okay, I will say, I think the mo the best thing he did all episode, the most honest thing he did all episode was to not give her an answer. Because I think that's real. I think it's like somebody that you have feelings for is like, let's be friends. I think it's fine to be like, you know what? I don't know if I can do that. That was the, he should have just sat in that feeling all episode. You know, we could have had a whole relaxing episode where Dawson just like watches, you know, E.T. again. And that would have been like, yes. he would have done more emotional maturity for himself by just sitting in his feelings. And I love Pacey. Pacey's my, my guy. I always joke. I'm like, I want to find a girl Pacey. That's like my, yes. my dream. However, <laughs> worst <laughs> advice. Worst oh, advice. Oh, terrible advice. 
Uh, like go, yeah. It's like just emotionally manipulate her, man. Like, what are you doing? Stop wasting time. Like, just mess with her mind. But I, I, I make her I, that not is a feel very... special. He says he's like yeah. she won't feel special. I'm like, oh, Pacey. <laughs> She'll come running back to you. I want to sit in what you just said for a second because that is a really good point. Because Dawson's go-to instinct is sociopath manipulation. Yeah. Let me do what. Let me do what they think the best thing to do is, so that they like me. And in that moment, he really was, that was the honest, that was as honest as we may have even ever seen Dawson, where he's like, I can't give you an answer to that question. I'm not going to go, of course, and then go around a corner and, like, your face gets sad. Like, he honestly couldn't answer the question. And then that's immediately erased when Pacey's like, dude, fuck that. Like, just just manipulate her. Like, like don't don't answer the question. Manipulate her. Pacey so, with her. Ugh. So... So uh, as you just alluded to, Pacey thinks that the relationship can be salvaged by pretending to be over Jen. Uh, just as they're discussing ways always to trick works. Jen. And, always works. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, just just like pretend like you're super cool with everything, and then they'll just like fall back into your arms. Uh, just as they're discussing ways to trick Jen into thinking he's over her, Dawson and Pacey are interrupted by a brief and sweet hello from a new character, Mary Beth, played by the adorable Megan Perry. I don't know her from anything else, but I just thought she was just great in this episode. Aside from the fact that I thought at a point I was like, oh, that's girl Dawson. But like you, if you pull, if you extract the the little bit of delusion and delusions of grandeur and things from Dawson, it's just like this kid who talks like nobody else talks and uses long words and sentences and reads books at, at, uh, at cafeteria, but almost is, might even be a little, no, I take that back. I was going to say a little, little bit of grandstanding, but only it's only grandstanding when Dawson does it. Like Dawson reads the book cover out so you know he's reading a really like college level book and stuff. And she's just reading the book to read the book. But she is like the most, she's the MVP of this episode because she's the most emotionally mature person. Like she is the adult in the room the whole way. Because from the, you know, from the get go, she is like clearly knows who she is and knows what she wants and doesn't want and is checking in with people. So I, you know. Love her. Love Mary Beth. I mean, second to as far as. Secondary characters, Mary Beth jumped really high up my list. I'm still a uh, Abby Morgan stan. Oh, you're gonna love uh, season two. You're gonna love uh, season two. <laughs> I look, I look forward to it. Uh, I think Abby Morgan is just uh, she's 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 a, a very powerful force. And although Megan Perry, uh, also known as Mary Beth in the episode, was not a powerful force, I thought she was just like a stoic person. She very much like when Pacey, I mean, when Dawson goes to ask her out on a date, she's like, I, like you said, emotional maturity. She's like, I don't really think that you're. I don't know if you're ready to go on a date because you just broke up with somebody. And he's like, no, I'm going to lie to you. Of course I am. Lie to your face. Of course I am. Well, it's funny because, you know, as I mentioned, we've been, I've been watching this, you know, again in my house and my roommate, my buddy Omar was like, uh, he, he talks about certain characters that know that they're on the show. Like, like most of the characters don't know that they're on a TV show, but every once in a while you will, you will find yourself introduced to someone who clearly knows that they're on Dawson's Creek and is like Mm -hmm. an actual human and not a Dawson's Creek. Even though like she does like use big words and do that, you know, she speaks like Dawson. She's very much tuned into what's going on. She's in reality. She's like, so, you know, this isn't a good idea, right? Like, yes, she's, she's able to point things out obviously. And she doesn't live in his world. She lives in our world. So. Shout out to your buddy Omar that because I had that same realization early on in the show with the introduction of Cliff. Yeah. Because Cliff is very much he's very much do this like, dude, what did you just say to me? <laughs> like when he's using all these words, like, why are you talking like that? He's very much do this like, why are you dressed like, like that? Like he just said he's like a, he is an actor on the show from our earth. 
You know what I yes, mean? Like, yes. Like, that's what it is. Like, Mary Beth is from like, our what's Earth. happening here? She's yeah. in yes. the show, but from our, our world. infiltrated. But yeah. Dawson is not. <laughs> It's a WandaVision situation. Exactly. Yeah, she, Perfect. She, she, fell in, she fell into his world somehow, and she's like, wait, this doesn't really make sense. You shouldn't be asking somebody on a date. That wouldn't happen in, in real life. This is, must be some ridiculous television show. <laughs> like, so so uh, like I said, after Mary Beth walks off after, after her quick in- introduction, Pacey proceeds to explain to Dawson why his ideas are so awesome and how he should, you know, he should manipulate her, uh, Jen's feelings. And Dawson's like, that's brilliant, man. Like, you're a genius. <laughs> and uh, yeah. right, after all, right, right after that winning advice, Dawson's life coach is publicly shamed by their marine biology teacher when he is the only student that he asked to stay after class because his test grade was so bad. But before I hand them back, I'd like to see the following people after class. Those people are Pacey Witter. Oh, I guess that's it. And Pacey gets grades on this show that are like impossibly bad, like literally impossibly yeah. bad. I don't mean like, like a 32% is an incomplete. Like you just, you just didn't do the, t- there's no way you got that many questions wrong. No, I feel like it, this you know, is an example like, of like when people are writing a show and they haven't been in school for a while. Yeah, and they're like, what's a bad grade? Like, like 32, it would be really bad, right? Like, but they're like doing it in their heads. They're like, well, that'd be like one out of three, right? You know, that sounds about right. It's like, no, like, like you could probably <laughs> fill out. A, a multiple choice test or even like put a few words in and you'd get close. You'd get 57. Yeah. You get, you, you get a 57 at least. I mean, I understand a failing grade, but a 32% is an unfinished. Yeah. Te- like he me, didn't do all of you it. Know 30%. I like, I don't think it's possible to know 32% of the answers. I think you either know none of the answers <laughs> or you've done yeah. some work. Cause it's like, to me, if, you, if yeah. he hasn't read the book or done the research, like he wouldn't get anything right. He would get a, a zero. Yeah. He'd get maybe a 10, but if you're getting a 32, that just doesn't, that logically doesn't, it just doesn't out. matter. It just doesn't, it doesn't add yeah. up. It doesn't make any sense. It's such a weird grade percentage, but it's not the first time there's an episode with Miss Jacobs where I think he flunked the test on purpose, which makes yeah. sense where he got like a 36% and she's like, you have to stay. I have to tutor you, and he's like, "That's my plan." <laughs> but this time around, he's like, "Just got a thirty-two. He just got a thirty-two percent. Like, just, he just did that bad on the test." Defying but he also just—he just doesn't care. Yeah, like, yeah, he just. I think they're just saying like, it's not only he because what they say, and it's just, it's just not illustrated in this episode. The teacher, after he calls him in after class, he's like, "Pacey, I looked at your, uh, you know, your your aptitude test, and you're a smart guy, and you obviously just aren't applying yourself." And then throughout this whole episode, he proceeds to just say and do some of the dumbest things I've ever seen a person say or do. So I'm like. No, no, no. What you're saying is like, that's something you say to somebody that that's like something that they say in Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Where they're like, you took a test to, to place you here and you're a genius, but you didn't do any of the, the answers on the test. And so you got a failing grade and that doesn't add up because you're smart. Whereas Pacey is like failed this test and then did some of the dumbest things ever. He tried to have uh, make snails have a threesome. Oh, my God. Which when we get to that, which is in just a second, it's like that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard anybody yeah. say. That's like, I that's can't like, imagine that's being like, an adult person and watching this for the first time and having those words <laughs> come out of both Pacey and Joey's mouths and having to because I've accepted it as canon. It's it's something that is yeah. a part of me. So I there are times I just have to step step back from this and be like, that is madness. That is absolute madness. <laughs> <laughs> these children. He's like, I thought this was a super sick idea, man. I was like trying to get these snails to like get it on. You're like, what are you ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> 
How do you think biology? What are you talking about? Oh, man. But anyway, we'll get there. So the teacher informs Pacey that even though he, he knows he's smart and he just has no drive, if he completes an extra credit assignment with a mystery student, he will pass Casey, he will pass Pacey, quote, by the skin of his teeth, and he won't have to go to summer school. And that mystery student, oh, shocking, is Joey Potter. Uh, uh, they come in and they're both not amused. They do that whole thing like like the new rookie versus the mm-hmm. old veteran detective is like, what are you? I don't like your style. You're too flashy. And they're going back Him, and forth doing her, that whole thing. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and between classes, Dawson just you know happens to run into Jen in her locker, and he informs her that he would love to pretend to be her friend with the objective of tricking her into liking him again. Look, Dawson, you're, you know your friendship means a lot to me, but but maybe this isn't such a good idea. Come on, we're friends now, okay? Look, whatever it is, I think I can take it. Okay. Okay, well then, in the name of friendship, however misguided, I have a, a date with Cliff this weekend. Uh, we're going to the carnival on Saturday. Is that what you didn't want to tell me? Because <laughs> quite frankly, I, I'm relieved. You're relieved? Well, the, the truth is, I also have a date this weekend, and we're going to the carnival. And then a coincidence? Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, <laughs> of course I'm serious. What do you say, the four of us? Well, I'd say it's a little unexpected. Um, but hey, if you're okay with it. Completely. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Great. So I will see you Saturday. Yeah. This, this episode is just like a master class into how to make everyone around you uncomfortable because oh you're just God. watching him fight reality the whole time and everyone around him yeah. knows and is like, so Mary Beth knows and she's like, all right, what's going on? You know what I mean? She, Jen knows and it's like everybody is so uncomfortable and you're just like, if you just lived in our world, dude, you'd be, <laughs> so, yeah, you'd have a sting. You'd have a little sting and it'd be a little rough. But you'd be so much you happier. Go, get over it, and you'd yes. actually have people like you and want to be around you. Yeah, and that's why you're watching wow. Jen. She's just yeah. like trying to put these puzzle pieces in her mind, and she's like, "How do I get through <laughs> this? Are you sure?" It's just uh, I feel for her so much because she is just Jen struggles this whole episode just to be okay. I also love that because it's a show. It's like, well, the show has to progress, so she has to go. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then I, yeah, well, I guess we're going on a double date. But also, like, 15, 16-year-olds, not great at boundaries. So I can totally this see, like, a, well. you can see this happening? I can totally see a 16-year-old girl being like, I, well, I, I want, I told him I wanted to be friends, so yeah. I, I need to, I need to be friends. <laughs> I guess this is what friends do. You know, I could totally see, like, only adults would be like, no. Like, yeah, she no, needed, Jen that. really did need, like, an older sister to be like, yeah. love you don't have to do this. Like, like Jen needed, I think Jen needed a Bessie more than Joey needed Bessie. You know what I mean? Like yes. <laughs> Joey's doing her yes. own thing, but Jen really needed someone to like tether her and to be like, don't date this dude. Yeah. Don't. Yes. Yeah. And, and the only person she had was Grams. That's like, don't date anyone <laughs> and e- ever. And you're like, well, we need some kind of happy medium here. Grams. Like this is just not going to work. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. The, so like I said, the show has to progress. So, you know, she agrees to go out on a double date with him. Uh, one pro- one problem is Dawson doesn't actually have a date, but don't worry. Uh, Annalise, you remember that girl that I mentioned early on in the episode that said hi to Dawson? Yes. Well, she isn't random at all. She's actually a plot device, Annalise. She's yeah. actually a plot device. And uh, so Pacey suggested Dawson, hey, why don't you go ahead and ask Mary Beth, that girl from earlier who randomly said hi and they lingered on it for a second with a smile. Why don't you go talk to her? She clearly has an interest in you. Go ask her if she'd like to go on a date. 
But when Dawson heads over to the lunch table and asks her out, she's a little bit <laughs> leery. <laughs> oh. Hey yo! I don't have a drum, I don't have a drum sound effect. I wish I did. I just don't have it. Um, but yeah, she's a little bit leery because she knows Dawson was recently dumped. We're back with uh, in the Joey and Pacey storyline, and they're still bickering like cats and dogs about taking this project serious and Pacey doesn't take it serious and he needs to. And, you know, Joey makes some good points because nobody wants to be in a group project with somebody who just doesn't give a shit. It's the, it's like literally one of the worst situations. But it's like huge Pacey Joey shipper here. They were my first ship. That was like what tuned me into wanting to invest myself in romantic couples, which I think is yes. true for a lot of people. A lot of people like this was their first ship. And so yeah. this was this to me, this is ground zero Pacey Joey episode. Like they have some conversations earlier on in the show but this is like watching that banter is just like electric yeah. like even though she's like annoyed this was definitely by the him. spark episode yes yeah. she's annoyed by him but there's like there is some there's some sexual tension where she's just like oh yeah yeah just be their leader like she like kind of is and she's getting all up yeah, on him yeah, like, yeah, yeah she's in his yeah. personal space for sure like she may absolutely, not realize absolutely. it but something's yeah Something is stirring. After Pacey and uh, Joey are doing a little bit of bickering, that night after school, back at the Leary house, Mitch, still simmering from the morning Bob call, does something that, like I said earlier, I alluded to, I thought was a little gross and unnecessary. He involved Dawson in the marital drama by asking him if somebody called. Forgive me, Dawson. Maybe I'm not being clear. I didn't ask if anyone had called for me personally. I asked if anyone had called that I should know about. No. He didn't call. Ah, well then, very good. I love Mitch so much, but when he love does Mitch. shit like this, I'm just like, dude, just talk to your wife or leave her. Yes. Like, just, yes, just yes, that, yes, that. Her. You can't do this yes. to your child. This is so fucked up. You can't up. do that to your child. You can't walk around being all sassy and, yeah, and making little side comments. You can't do it to her either. Like, I know she fucked yeah, up, yeah, but it, like, yeah. you also can't torture her. Either leave her. or do the work. Yeah, yeah. leave or do the work. Do the work. Yeah, it, 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 it's a mess, man. And I hope it, but later, you know, at the end of the episode, we get some, you know, some glimpses of some positive, it going in a positive direction. And I like, because I do like Mitch and yeah. Gail, you know, even, even though, man, this show really sets you up to not like Gail. Because it was, you know, they did nothing but show like, oh, man, Mitch, what worships the ground that Gail walks on? And then when you find out the reality of why she uh, had an affair, I wish they would have made it more complicated. And she just was like, life, our life is just too great. And I just wanted a, a thrill. That's You're not like, a thing, though. Like, that's not a <laughs> thing. I don't think that that. Make him like not paying attention it's or like, no. some. He's so busy with the kelp that he, he he's not spending quality time like he loves just, her yeah like you said he adores the ground she walks on they have a great sex life that i feel like many yes. parents of teenagers would love to have like what's the problem truly oh you just love me too much <laughs> i had to get a, i had to get away it's but like it's and like, then as a watch as a viewer i'm like that's why it it, it just okay, doesn't there's right? nothing that tracks about it logically it's just I think it could have been interesting to be like, oh, we do have this, like, everything looks perfect. 
but it doesn't yes. feel perfect. But you have to show. And a lot of this show doesn't show us. They just tell us. And that's the problem. I love the show. Would ride or die for the show. But this is the problem is it shows us. It tells us things and doesn't show us why. So back at school the next morning, we get to the part of the Pacey and uh, Joey conversation that I love. Uh, back at the school the next morning, uh, Pacey continues to look like an absolute moron. When Joey finds that the snails for their project are ruined and dead because Pacey tried to involve their, their snails in like a snail menage a trois threesome. To hear a person say that it, and with be dead serious is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard somebody say. Like, it was really like, uh, it was Kelso level. It was, uh, I don't know if you remember in Boy Meets World, all of a sudden they just made Eric like he had a head injury. Like, Eric went for, Eric, uh, Corey's brother in Boy Meets World went from just like, uh, uh, you know, like a, a good looking kid who like was, bo- was girl crazy to like a buffoon. Yeah. That would say, that like it happened out of the blue. Like where he went from like, just like, you know, a silly kid who didn't really care about school to like, is he all right? Like, does he have a brain injury? <laughs> like, like it, and and uh, that's something that Eric would say. Yes. Like something just so foolish that it just doesn't make it, not just dumb, but like, what? But I think here's the thing about this episode with Pacey, and that's a good example of why, is that I think he shows such maturity in this season in certain moments where like he will, yes. he will be so emotionally mature and loving that like we forget he is a child. Like he is a yeah. teenage boy and teenage boys. And the only one acting like that. Yeah. But he, he is doing dumb shit that teenage boys would do. Like to me, this is teenage boy logic. It's like, you know, I can imagine a teenager being like, well, you know, maybe if he, especially if he's a, the kind of smart that doesn't pay attention, like he is a smart dude and can think his way through shit, but doesn't read textbooks. He could be like, okay, well these snails, like Joey's like, who produce asexually? And he's like, I'm not listening. Uh, these snails, uh, they just, you know. Maybe he thinks this one's yeah, ugly. I'll we'll put just, it with one that and he. And then we'll get yeah. then we'll get our grades. Like he did the work. Like he did work. Like he did try. He just tried the. He did. Pro- he did problem solve. He, just did he did the most his brain worked. Same thing ever. And just a random random little note is that I was very active on fan forum in my in my early years and on the Dawson's Creek fan forum uh, area. The, the, yes. the thread for Pacey and Joey, because every thread that you would start after a certain amount of pages of posts would have like a number associated and they would have like something themed. So it would be like the theme for Pacey and Joey is snails. So it's like the, the 700 thread would be like number 765 or whatever, 765 snails. Yeah. And that was always so that way that's because of this episode <laughs> and how freaking bonkers it is. And so every time I watch oh this, I just remember all the the. <laughs> The betas I read or whatever they're called. It just was a good time to to be on the internet. There were so many points in this show that I was like, Pacey is acting ridiculous. And what it is, is that it's such a contradiction to the character of Dawson, who isn't acting like a high school kid. Pacey is acting how a kid should act yeah. in a he is acting like he's in Degrassi or, you know, Beverly Hills 90210. He's just acting like a stupid 15-year-old kid, which is normal. But because of who the titular the character of this show is, I'm like, why isn't he reading a, a book about philosophy or like trying to direct his own short film or, you know, why why does he want to go to parties? Like that's so weird. Grow up, Pacey. And I'm like, no, no, he's acting how a 15. 15- Dawson's the weird one. Yeah. Dawson's weird. Like <laughs> Pacey, uh, that is it's a stupid thing to say, but yeah, a 15 year old boy would say something. My like guy that. friends <laughs> used to this. I was in high school around the time of the Jackass TV show and films. <sighs> And holy time, a holy yes, time. And as a result, I had friends who literally made their own version of Jackass and made a film <laughs> called Dumbass. Yes. I'm not kidding. And <laughs> yes. they they did this kind of shit. They were like stunts. They did stunts. 
and and they, like looking back i am like the the shit i can't even say it cuz i'm nervous to say it because like i feel like some some 35 year old with kids now is like does not want this information out there yes but yeah. i can just tell you alvin it was way way more dangerous and terrible and 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 stupid than than trying to yeah. have a snail threesome so <laughs> snail threesome to me is pretty t- is pretty yeah. tame so after school joey and dawson are wrapping up like bass fishing like i don't really i don't know if they were also looking for snails i don't know they're like walking back with fishing nets in hand as but like that's what joey and pacey yeah, are about to go do so i don't know if she maybe if she was like if you and i can get a snail then i won't have to go on this couldn't trip tell you maybe pacey. we have a missing scene maybe that's like something yeah, got cut Annalise, you know what? Creek logic. <laughs> Very excited that you can hear. Oh that. man, that was a delight. Oh. <laughs> so, 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 anywho, uh, they are walking back to the house, and Joey informs Dawson that his plan to use Mary Beth is rude, inconsiderate, and gross. I'm disappointed in you, Dawson. I mean, it's obvious that you're just using Mary Beth to make Jen jealous. No, I think I don't know that, Joey. I'm a heel of the worst kind, the kind that. Praise upon an innocent young girl with some inexplicable crush on me and convinces her to go out with me for my own personal gain. Well, if you know that, then don't do it. Just call her up and say you have to stay in to wash your hair or something. Yeah, but I can't, Joey. I... That's just it. I know if I was really the person I thought I was, I would have enough consideration for Mary Beth's feelings and cancel the date, but I... Oh, I don't know. I just... I don't feel like myself lately, you know? If I was really the person I thought I was, I would have enough consideration for Mary Beth's feelings and cancel the date, which honestly, that end it right there. You know what I mean? Admit that you're being shitty. Maybe you're not the person you thought you were. But then he says, I don't feel like myself lately. Lately, we haven't seen this at all. We haven't seen this. This is who you are. You always this is always yourself on this show. When I watch it, you're always trying to like trick people into Doing what you want them to do and lying to them, pretending you're okay with stuff. Who is that person? Who's that person that you think you are? I've never met him. (laughs) I've watched this show 17 times. Still never met him. (laughs) Still looking. (laughs) Who the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell is that guy? Who do you you think you are? I mean, I know who he thinks he is, but it's just not who we see. So, yeah, he's delusional, man. (laughs) So, so he's not canceling the plan. After that, they have this slightly awkward, kind of slightly romantic thing between them where it's like, you know, I kind of wish you were going. Which is She's just like, me another too. layer of All shitty. the signs are constantly in his face, man. They're, wait, wait, yeah, why would you say that to her? <sighs> you got it. You have he to. He knows. He's got to know. And you're telling me that not until the end of this episode when Pacey, like, basically grabs both his shoulders and shakes him and yells at him, you didn't know that you had the, this kind of thing between you and Joey and you feel like it's okay to say that to her face? And even her whole thing, like, when she's saying, like, she mentions, like, the whole, the three points of how he's going to get over Jen, the second being you know, how they're going to be other guys. And she's saying, you know, and you're going to feel so mentally superior. Like it's clearly, she is talking about what she went, just went through with watching him date yes. Jen, which also like Joey is a, I, I like Joey. She's terrible to Jen for no reason. Omar and I used to be, we'd be <laughs> yes. like it, this, this show would have been so much better if both Jen and Joey were bisexual. And I feel like there is a, there's a world in which we remake this show and just make Joey and Jen <sighs> buy, and then they can date. And leave Dawson alone yes. because he deserves no exactly. one. Definitely not either of them. It's clear subtext. Like this man, it, like this man, this child, this child. Because <laughs> listen, they're all they're all adults playing children. So I get caught up. I'm like yes. I'm watching like a 30 year old <laughs> right now. Um, but this child is loves movies and he's missing out on all the subtext he's getting. Like how he does not pick up on. Come on, you can't have it both ways. He's just denying he's denying it. it. He likes that 
part of their relationship where it's like, I have this longing friend who just secretly likes me. He, I think he likes that dynamic. It's like his plan, it's B. His plan B. And it makes and him feel li- good. It makes him feel good without having to commit to anything. Yes. Yes. So the idea that he's like, I wish you, I wish you were going to the carnival. Like, you know what you're doing when Ugh, you say that. So man. There's gross. no way you don't understand what that is. And thankfully, you know, that moment is broken up and, and, and Pacey can, I mean, Joey can go escape for a bit because Pacey pulls up in his truck and is like, let's go snail hunting, you know? <laughs> but anyway, so uh, at the carnival, Mary Beth and Dawson have an awkward meetup. She's dressed awesomely. She looks like Christine and the Queen. She, like, she has like this, <laughs> she this like denim, purple denim jacket with like a big collar shirt unbuttoned and the collar sp- spread out over the oh she looks awesome man. i just i just loved her in this episode she was like it was like she had this kind of juno energy where she's like you look very nice today he's like you look nice too well you don't have to say that say that because i said it. i just yeah. loved her energy in this it just was so great man and they have this really awkward situation and then right after they start over at her at her um suggestion which is also cute and awesome like let's just shake hands and pretend like that didn't happen uh cliff and jen come along and this is when it is now realized that Dawson kept the details of this mm. double date with his ex-girlfriend to himself. No, but this is what it is, is he is so once he is so blindsided by his his need of for Jen or for validation from from the object yes. of his affection that he doesn't understand that this is going to be a problem. Like, even if he was like, I mean, it, he is very much a sociopath, but he is so caught up in his own feelings that like, I think even a true sociopath would be like, oh, well, maybe I need to like figure this out so that Mary Beth doesn't get weirded out because then that could hurt my chances with Jen. If it's that obvious, yes. he's, he's so far gone. He doesn't even understand how that's going to read. He could have been like, he could, he could have even been like, Oh my God, you know what? Like I, this is really uncomfortable. This is really awkward, but like, I know Jen is going to be on a date with cliff. Like I, I mentioned to her, like they're going to be there. We're going to hang out for a bit. Yeah. We don't have to stay the whole time. But you know, if you're uncomfortable, let me know. Like if he was going to really sociopath his way out of it, he could have done a better job. He fails even his sociopathy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he could have told Jen, Hey, I'm super cool and emotionally mature. Let's do a double date. And then told Mary Beth, yeah, so my ex is going to be there on a date. We might see them and run into them. We're trying to do this thing where we're trying to be friends. So if we see them that night, we're just going to be cool. And then Mary Beth might go, I mean, we're still, we're hanging around with them a lot while we're doing this. Like, we can go play other games. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know, but let's just finish this game. There's ways to, like, control the situation where he just was like, no, I'm using this person. Yeah. This person doesn't have any agency. So why do I need to tell them yeah. anything? They'll just uh, be there as my it's accessory. A whole other level then. Like, he. Uh. Yeah, you know, like, it's just like he didn't feel like he needed to tell her anything because he's just like, she's just a part of my plan. Oh, God. And Mary Beth isn't that. She pulls him aside and she's like, what the hell is this, man? And she fully tells him, like, here's what this is. And then he gaslights her and is like, no, no, you're wrong. And then they kind of go behind a popcorn machine and I guess he explains to her. And I wish that there was some world where the footage existed where we get to see Dawson try to explain why this double date is happening in a way that she agrees with Because I guarantee you... It would have still. It would have been like the original scene when he asked her out. It would have been just like the yes. scene when he told Jen that he wanted to be friends. It would have been that he, it would have been just like the the moment when he said, "Let's go on a double date." It would have been uncomfortable. And I think that yes. maybe the director was like, "We can't see another moment of this." <laughs> so this, he's going to be like a, a full on villain full if we show him lie if we to see somebody's him face lie again. to her face one more time. Like we, ha- he is the lead of the show. We have we have to make him a little bit likable. So we'll just we'll just cut this. That's out. exactly what it is. That's exactly they filmed it and then they they watched it in the editing bay and they were like, "Oh, this is like evil." 
<laughs> so that's what it is. Oh. Annalise, you nailed it. That's what it's it is. Too much. They couldn't show us that for the for the sake of this show progressing and we not thinking that this person's <laughs> evil, which I still think anyway. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. They failed. <laughs> can't go back so, from what he's done. No. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's he's gone too far already. So after Dawson explains whatever to Mary Beth and uh, she does the audience a favor of summarizing it in like one or two sentences while they're walking and they see that Cliff and Jen are playing a, a milk milk bottle yeah. toss whatever that game is, knock the things over. So you're really doing this for Jen? Exactly. Oh, it's one of her first dates with Cliff. She probably doesn't want to be alone with him. Probably doesn't even know if, if she really likes him. So in order to take the pressure off, she asks you to make it a double. God, Dawson, that is really very sweet of you. <laughs> really, don't mention it. You know, I can imagine some of these guys even trying to sabotage their ex-girlfriend's date. Really? <laughs> That's terrible. Maybe, like, now knowing what we know, She's just kind of like, oh, so you're saying that yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Love it. So you're here to help your ex-girlfriend date this guy. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that totally that tracks. People do it all the time. <laughs> Especially so in high school or just in general. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Anytime. This is so normal and fun. And after a classic pissing contest at the milk bottle knockover game, I don't even know what the name of it is. Bo- bottle knock. <laughs> That's oh, a bottle knock. After, I like after that. A game of, I like yeah, that. After, after a game of bottle, after a game of bottle knock, uh, Dawson finally bests uh, bests Cliff, and then he oddly has this awkward moment where the guy's like, "So who's the lucky lady?" And he like turns to give the stuffed animal it's to so Jen, as if, and what? But Annalise, not just uncomfortable. That would literally never happen. Even in a world where you see your ex-girlfriend at a carnival and you guys are playing the same game and you win the stuffed animal, you give it to your date. Nobody goes Not like... you're Dawson Leary. Everybody's uncomfortable. Alvin, you're, you're talking about it like he, that would be a normal... Yes, that would be a normal person's reaction. I feel like we are dealing with a an extremely warped human being that yes. has severe problems in therapy that we will never see. A ton of In a ton six of them. seasons, we will never see worked out. I mean, the logic in that, to, to gesture over to your ex-girlfriend to give her the Robin Hood teddy yeah, bear. Which also, I got to say, loved the Robin Hood teddy bear. That was super cute. It was great. So it was cute. awesome. Would loved love it. one. And I think I think Mary Beth I, I think Mary Beth would have loved it more if it was given to her the right? first time. Right? You know, maybe that would have been okay. The fact that he's like, we need to talk. Like, what is this? And Why in are you front of Cliff and this? Jen? It's just like not even like. You think we think you're just going off to talk about not this? <laughs> like, like you think like, that the sidebar you're asking for is like a separate from what it's just like happened? If Dawson had any self awareness, this should be the most embarrassing moment of his life. Because he would realize that everyone around him knew what he was doing and didn't say anything, but was trying to make him feel better, even though he didn't deserve it. This should be hu- so humiliating for him. Like that moment where he should, he, be, he should be mortified. He, re- we, he turns to Jen with the stuffed uh, Robin Hood teddy bear. It should be this this sobering moment of. I can't go to school here anymore. I can't. I need yeah. a new life. I need to go into hiding. I need a new name. I need new friends because I have I have to hit reset on my life completely because I am wrong. Yes. I'm just wrong. This is that that's calling your teacher mom level <laughs> embarrassing. You know, like, where it's like I got to go like, now. I just it's, it's yeah. Over. I, I, what's the town over from Cape Side? This just this can't happen anymore. That was insane. And then to go like, we need to talk. Okay, on one level, we as the audience, we know why he's doing it. So we don't need it explained again. But also, I think like if we watched him explain it seven times, <laughs> it would just be the most damning 
evidence against yeah. <laughs> a first season lead character. Like, truly. Like, yes. there's no, like, yes. there's so many things that he does in this season alone that there's no going back from that we find a way back somehow. We cut back to Pacey and Joey, and they end up getting back to the truck, and they end up stripping off their wet clothes, which Joey, with uh, Pacey reveals, you know, he explains, they're like, I just don't want you to get pneumonia, but, like, get pneumonia then, or whatever. Yeah. And then he has, they have some back and forth or whatever, the, the sexual tension's there and everything like that. And then he decides to get in the truck, and again, this is another scene where I was like, me, I'm this first time I watched the show. He's masturbated in a public bathroom because girls helped him with his bloody nose. Uh, you know, he had the whole affair with the teacher. Like, I'm like, after I saw this, I'm like, I framed it as like, this dude's like a sexual deviant, man. Pacey might need help. But then if you take it away, you're like, he's just being like a little assholey 15 year old boy. Right? Yeah. So he he gets in the truck and he's looking out of the side view mirror. Uh, to I Want to Be Your Underwear by Brian Adams, which is a very intense song. I, think, I loved I it. I love it, but, but also, in that, yeah. like, we have to step back and be like, I get that these are teenagers looking at each other, but I feel uncomfortable watching this. That they're, they're showing, showing it. it. Yeah, and they're like, also, it's sexy. like, it is a, t- yeah. like, this is, we're watching a teenager strip and watching somebody watch yes. it. Like, I personally, yes. like, I, I don't feel as, like, yes, it is, it does register on the creep meter for Pacey. But, like, once again, yeah. if he were any older, I'd be like, the dude has to avert his eyes. That's the only gentlemanly thing to yes. do. But if you're 15, yes. 16, and you're seeing a naked girl and it's like, out of yes. a rear view mirror, it would it might be hard to avert your eyes. I'm not saying it's the right thing to yes. do. I'm just saying Absolutely. That Absolutely. For that I agree. any older I'd be like, Oh no, Pacey. No, we're canceling yeah. Pacey. Yeah. Like he's gotta go away. Yeah, if they, like if that was if that was Billy, you'd be like, Call the authorities. Yes. If that was Jen's ex boyfriend, for many reasons Billy is oh, God. A, a scumbag. And and again, I, I've established several times I'm like, this dude's between like twenty one and twenty eight years old, just based on his look and how he's able to be in this town while school's in yeah, session. Like, what is he, he clearly doing? Either... Like, really? Does Billy... <laughs> in life. Like, the, it, like in, in the grand scheme of things, Annalise, what is he doing? Where is his... Like, does he have a family? I forget, like, but, like, his family situation? Like, is anybody looking for him? I'm just, like... No. It's just it's just troubling. It just really is. So, yeah, I mean, always, Pacey yeah. was being really gross, and we can't excuse that, but I also am, like, it's explained by the fact that he is a child and is doing a childlike yes. thing. And his behavior throughout the whole episode has been, like, a juvenile, goofy boy who does some stuff that's, like, immature and ridiculous. Yes. So I excuse that, and I'm actually excusing it in the moment through talking to you because in the moment I was like, Man, this dude Pacey is not really looking good this episode. All this stuff, he's like lost the boat. He thinks that snails can have threesomes. <laughs> now he's creeping on <laughs> he's creeping on Joey while this fucking uh, song it's I want to be I want to I think the song is really yeah, uncomfortable. It's like, <laughs> it's like it cuz the song has the energy of like it's, yeah, nice. It's so it, like that's that whole song is like Where it's, nice. like, it's literally just like a kid just being like, "Huh, naked person. Oh, that's funny." You know, and kind of like freaking out because he doesn't even look. His face isn't even that creepy when he's doing it. It's yeah, it's like it's like a bashful kind of like oh yeah. wow, uh, I can see her in the mirror. But the music's like that's what I like. <laughs> the song is so like it's like Brian Adams' voice is like I want to be your high heels. Like, oh, You're like, this oh, is too what much, is Brian Adams. Please, <laughs> please exit the the room. And like I look at development as long, and it's like he can have a moment like this that's shitty or uncomfortable or pervy. Yes. But he grows, and he will continue to grow, and that's why I love Pacey, and I will always stand by him. That's what I mean by a character arc. Like, this is a complicated character. You cannot put him in a box. He shows many facets of himself, Where, whereas Dawson is just like, he doesn't adapt to situations and or come out of them changed. 
he just is himself in just different and, well, situations. You know he's a toxic character because when he ever does anything halfway decent, the reaction immediately is like, oh, that was nice. It's, he's just an absurd Ugh. person. But uh, like I said, so after that scene, uh, you know, of them getting in the truck, but it also ended in this very, like, you know, cute, charming, flirtatious way, you know, you know, so it, it, it was, this was a very, I love this episode for the two of it's them. It's great. Like, it was this very, it was such a, it was all this spark. Like, and what I loved about that moment, like, if, if what, what movie is, is it She's All mm-hmm. That, where they're like, she takes the glasses off and it's like, Oh my God! You're like, like gorgeous Cook or whatever. Is beautiful like, before and after. Exactly. Like, but yeah. So the fact that yeah, everybody in this show, whether it be football players, Dawson, everybody's like Joey. Yeah. You think you like Joey? She's like one of the guys. You're like, and the, for this first time in this whole show, somebody looked at her and was like, "Whoa!" Which is how everybody. She's 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 a beautiful girl. She's strong and she's a great character. I like I like Joey. Sometimes she can be a little like too brash yeah. and you know a little a lot. But she's she's like she's like kind of like um she's kind of a guiding force through the whole episode. She gives great advice a lot of the time. Sometimes it's a little shallow. It's shallow advice, but it's always at the right time. It's well, what people need to hear. Shit. You know what I mean? Like she, you know, her her essentially like losing her parents in I mean in a one way or another, like different ways. Obviously, yeah. I think really mm-hmm. shaped her in a way that hardened her, which I think is a is a common yes. trope that you see. But I. I She's got walls up. She's got walls up. So I think that makes sense. So when she, she can be a little harsh with somebody like Jen, but then you think, oh, if this is her, if Dawson is her person and she feels like even, not even talking romantically, but like if she feels like yeah. that. Somebody she feels comfortable around. Taken away from her. She's like, this is literally the only person I can trust that doesn't, I don't share DNA with. So it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. But like, but yeah, I agree with you. I think this moment is really great for them. I like that even though it starts with him being a horn dog, like what he says to her isn't like, you know what? Like, you're pretty attractive. You got a nice yeah. body. He's like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's you're like, fun to be around. That's what I thought. And maybe gonna, that's what I thought. He was I know say. You, you, one could argue that this is like he is saying that she's fun to be around because he has just seen her naked. But I, I think yeah. that that him him seeing her that way was like an awakening for him. That it was like it. And it, encapsul- it encapsulated the whole exactly. day. Like, he was like, you know what, man? This has been such a surprisingly fun day. Now we're, like, st- stripping in front of the... What a cr- this yeah, is maybe crazy. Maybe this is I a think romantic just- thing for me. Maybe this is, like... Yeah, he's like, just- I had so much yeah. fun today. Yeah. I think that was the the look... Like you like you said, I think that was the look on his face. Like, man, this is... What a day. I mean, I can't even believe I'm looking at her this way. Yeah. This, is, this is Joey. But the song is like, bow now, yeah, take more it's, off. And it's like, that's not really what's not happening okay. in his head, I don't think. It's not okay. <laughs> and honestly, like everyone talks about, and I myself talk about how the music, the original, like it's also like this show had a lot of original music that wasn't, not just Paula Cole, but there's a lot of original music that's been lost. Like a lot of like yeah. radio hits, like like needle, like a lot of the needle drop drops were on the radio at the time that they couldn't get the rights yeah. for. And the one thing they got was this Brian Adams song. And I'm like, <laughs> you could have gotten rid of this one. You could have saved a few bucks and given it to Paula Cole. You know what I mean? Like we didn't need this Brian Adams could've, song. Yeah. That was in the original, the original airing. We did not need that one. We could have gone with something, you know, a little bit more. Some acoustic strings yeah, would have been cool. You know, more innocent <laughs> about like maybe young love yeah. and discovery. It did not need to be this grown ass yeah, creepy like, man just being like oh yeah let's do yeah. this like it's like so, so so anyway so we cut back to the carnival parking lot and dawson walks out and reveals to mary beth that he lied right mm-hmm. to her face and everything that she thought was true and uh but you know he gaslighted her and lied you know like how a yeah. liar does and then <laughs> normal liar behavior yeah and, 
Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then Mary Beth reveals uh, to Dawson, which I loved, that she only stayed on the date because she has a crush on Cliff. And in this moment, this was the one moment, like I said, I, I loved Mary Beth the whole episode, but this was the one moment where I was like, oh, she's Dawson with the yeah. sociopath. And it lets Dawson this off the This is the one moment. It makes us feel yeah, like, oh, it it's like, okay, because she didn't really like him anyway. Totally like, fine. I do appreciate whenever Dawson is brought down a peg a little bit. So it's like here he thinks, oh, this yes. poor girl, I'm using her. I mean, he is using her whether or not she likes him. Yes, whether or not she's cool with it or doesn't care. He's he is doing, doing that. that. But, I, so I, I, but I do appreciate a moment where it's like he is informed that this woman is not attracted to him, which I, I do appreciate. Yeah. But it does. It lets <laughs> yeah. him off the hook when it's like there could have been a much yeah. better learning moment for him where it's like he would have had to Absolutely. face the consequences of his actions. And she would have had to be like, that was really terrible. Like, you've been lying to me. Why did you lie? And then yes. he would have been like, you know what? That was really terrible. I'm sorry. And there could have been a real moment of growth. And there wasn't. So they devise, least they devise a genius plan. This is just a, a great plan as far as I'm concerned. To swap partners at the Ferris wheel, like, just last second. Yeah, just of course. Brilliant. Like, just be like, Naturally, that's just yeah. genius, you know? Yeah. So, but before we get to the, the awkwardness of that Ferris wheel ride. We cut back to Joey and Pacey as they wrap up their night with a very earnest and sweet conversation about escaping this god awful yeah. town of Cape Side. I love this scene and so much. It's my, I think it's my favorite scene of the episode. As far as I can tell, there are only two ways to make my life better. And the one that doesn't involve waking up and discovering it's all been a dream involves a college scholarship. When I apply, I better have the grades that don't give them a choice because a scholarship is pretty much my only way out of Cape Side. And if I don't get out of here, Pacey, well, it'll be a sadder story than I care to imagine, okay? You don't have to worry, Joe. You're going to make it out of here. You're going to go to some great school and send me postcards back here. I'll be tending bar pumping gas. Come on, PC. You'll get out, too. Well, yeah, if the circus is hiring. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Wouldn't bet against that Potter girl. All of his goofiness and, and, and horn darkness, it, goes, it comes full circle in that scene where you're like, he says something so honest and pure, and you're like, that he's a lovable fuck up. There's the Pacey yeah. charm. And and kind of going back to what you had said earlier about like when he kind of saw her and her beauty for what she was, it, this is kind of a moment of that where it's like she's treated like a human being, where he's seeing Joey for who she is. And it's something that we never see from Dawson. Like for all their conversations about yes. how they're best friends, like Dawson is so self absorbed that we never hear Dawson being like, hey, Joey, how was your day? Like I'm talking base level, not even like best friend shit. Ever. He doesn't even met, meet a queen. Yeah friendship he's not like how are no. you doing did you what did you get for lunch at the cafeteria today he knows nothing about her life she's she's his journal oh my god you just you yeah, just blew yeah, my brain that's it okay yeah she's, she's his just, journal yeah. and i think this this the moment you know both on the boat earlier where pacey like asks her like why like is like you know he's kind of being more like inquisitive and it's like a little much where he's like What's your deal? Why get like like why did you get yeah. like what grade did you get? But this is a moment where they truly do connect and he cares about her and it's like seeing someone actually be a friend to Joey and have an earnest interest in her well-being. Yes. In, in her. her. And that's yes. that's why they're the best. Yes. That's why everyone loves them. Yes. Yeah. I thought I thought I really I agree with you. I think that was the best scene of the episode just like objectively like without trying to find anything funny to make fun of or anything. I just thought it was just a great scene between the two of them and I was like Okay, I I I I know things about the show because it was a big show, but I'm like, okay, I can see how the whole love triangle starts because there's an attraction there. Like, I mean, that we see it. It's and this is kind of the first time it's being seen, but it's yeah. strong. You're like, oh, you're like, okay, I I like I like their dynamic together because 
the same way you said that, you know, Dawson up to this point is her person, but he's not a good yeah. person to be her person. You see that in that moment, she's like treating Pacey like her person and he's reciprocating the care back. Whereas like her guard is down like it is with Dawson, but this person just cares in a way that Dawson doesn't seem well, to Well, not care. to therapize jo- Joey a little bit, but when you think about it, it kind of makes sense why she would glom onto somebody like Dawson because she's only experienced like her version of love is like is the loss of it right so it's like it's the lack Mm. of it it's kind of like having that void so it's never never getting getting it it. and so i think that Mm, her leaning on dawson makes a lot of sense i'm just thinking about this now because he never yeah she doesn't need it to be reciprocated it's just like it's it's that that empty space where love should be and i think that's what she's used to whether it's her father who's in jail or her mother who's passed away so it's like that's how she experiences love is outwardly into an empty space and that's what dawson provides but pacey is like solid dude right he's solid he's there he's ready to give you the love back yes platonically or romantically either way mind mind blown mind blown yeah that is that is her love language so uh, the swapping back at the at the carnival has taken place. Mary Beth is on a cart with Cliff, and Jen and Dawson are on a cliff together. And it goes up into the air, and it gets stuck. And um, this is actually where Mary Beth completely steals my heart, and she delivers my line of the creek, which is like her attempt at like, like flirting, <laughs> making conversation. I don't I don't really know what it was, but she goes. You know what I find fascinating. Um, is that the word flammable and inflammable mean the exact same thing? Isn't that bizarre? It was the best thing she could have said, and I loved her in that moment. It was the most adorable, awkward thing ever. I also, loved I'm like, I just loved, you I just learned loved something. Her. Like, I love, as a kid, I was probably like, wow, good to know. Yeah, take that, put it in your front pocket, Cliff. That's an yeah. interesting you fact. You know what? You can say that to Jen later when you're trying to impress her. Yeah. <laughs> And you know he will. You know you know he will. You know he will over a funnel cake. He'll use the same delivery. You know what I find interesting? That inflammable and flammable mean the same thing. And she's like, oh, wow, no that's way. interesting. Yeah, like he just used these. And then these they like, just have, like, you have Mary Beth in the background watching, hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Things between Jen and Dawson are heating up, but not in the way that Dawson had hoped for them to heat up. And Jen basically says to Dawson, you know how I said, like, I wanted to be friends and everything? Like, yeah, uh, no, uh, cancel that, never mind, this is a bad idea. And Dawson just can't help but just for one last time in this show to slut-shame her when she's like, I don't think we should be friends. He's like, well, you wouldn't even have time to be friends anyway with all these guys you're dating all the time. Guys? Like, why would you say that, man? Like, why are you saying that? Like, when he says dates, plural, I'm like, this is the one date. She's, it's a date. a date. And you're on it with her. She didn't even get to have the date. You bogarted it and made it weird, and she probably will never date Cliff now. You, this is like a traumatic. I'll never date this He's guy again. This is relationships so for her every step of the way. This poor young lady has been traumatized in her life, and is like living in like came here from New York, like clearly is just trying to get her footing, and has just found herself in a worse position. She probably should honestly, Jen should have just stayed in New York. That's like one of my hot takes. Is like. Jen probably should have just found a friend to stay with. Like, she would have had a better life. How much peace is she finding in this town with this guy constantly never letting her meet new people or enjoy her life or even learn what Cape... I don't even know if she even knows what Cape Side's about. This carnival could be, like, the 100th annual Cape Side Carnival. And she's like, I didn't even get to really enjoy it. I don't know what the... I don't know anything about this town because you won't ever let me go anywhere without you 
trying to get me to profess my love for you and tell me that I love you back. I will and appreciate, it, I do appreciate though that she finally, it, it does, it, it is kind of that moment of like you, it's like the rule of threes. So like at the beginning, she, you know, she's kind of tiptoeing around him. She's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'd love to be friends. And then the next thing is like, oh, I guess we can go on this date. This is fine. And then finally, she's just like, you know what? I'm retracting it. I am retracting it. We cannot be friends anymore. And she finally is directly. I rescind, I rescind my, my offer. Your I rescind my invitation. And you are not welcome in my house yes. anymore. Like she just, she treated him like a vampire. She's like, I rescind it. You're not welcome anymore. I don't want to be your friend. This isn't a good idea. And then, I mean, he brings up an interesting point about the whole thing of like, you know, you said you wanted to be alone, which I think. I thought it was when he self realizes though he's like you said you wanted to be alone but you're on a date which is like those things aren't mutually ex mutually exclusive but also it's like then he goes I guess you just wanted to be away from me and then again she does that Jen thing same thing with like the are you attracted to him whatever she's like I didn't say that like that's not that's but not I what didn't I said not say that. But, I, <laughs> so, so. but I think he needed to the saddest part of that thing when he was like just don't tell me I was wrong because he was like, I, I think you do you you I think you need me as much as I need you. And she just doesn't answer. And he's like, just don't tell me I was wrong about that, which is so sad. He's so it's it was so yeah, pathetic. Like It was just so like in oh. this world, this this version of of reality that he has created for himself so badly. Yeah, that it's like, I just need this. If I can't have you, let me have this fantasy. And then I had really hoped that they would cut back to Cliff and Mary Beth's cart and they'd just be making out. <laughs> I thought that would have been, I Jen thought that would have like, been like, she was kind of like, I don't know. I'm on a date. I'm just figuring it out, dude. Like, I don't know. She basically said, I'm not even super into this yeah. guy. Like she said everything but that. Like I'm on a date, but it's just like a date. Yeah. Like me and, me and Cliff aren't boyfriend and girlfriend. So she wouldn't have it's been just crushed. a date. She would have been fine. Yeah. I think it would, yeah. I think uh, yeah. that would have been the moment. I think that would. I thought that would have been like amazing. Yeah. I thought that just would have been great television. Like, <laughs> like, like she won him over with her little facts. Make a really and cheesy like, joke yeah. where he like breaks off and he's just like, "Well, we're on fire right now. We're certainly yeah. flammable <laughs> or something yeah. stupid." Like, I just would have loved it. I would have loved it. I think you've got the right idea there. After getting his heart ripped out of his chest from sixty-five feet in the air, he runs into Pacey and Joey at the carnival while, at, while he was sitting on this bench by himself, just kind of sulking. And Pacey pulls Dawson aside to ask him something very important. I don't know how to say this, but I know you two have this long, tortured subtext together. I just, I wanted to make sure that if I was to do something about this, like kiss her or whatever, that I wouldn't be stepping on any toes. You're my friend. Joey's my friend. I don't care who she kisses. And if, and if it's you, so much the better, you know? My two best friends kissing. What, what could be better than that? Great, so you're cool with this then? Yeah, excellent. All right, Dawson, see you later. All right. No, wait, I'm not cool with this. I don't know if it's just the way it's edited or what, but it is like... It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts, Alan. It's, 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 like, it's like psychotic where he goes, yeah, yeah, I don't care at all. I do care. But what that was was that he realized that his plan B was in danger. Yes. Like in that very moment, he's like, Jen just dumped me. I'm alone. She made it pretty clear that she's over it. And now my plan B is at risk of being taken away. Yes. So it, for a moment, I did kind of understand because when I was 19, I mean, I, I had this this girl that we were we were we were just friends. But we did that like rom-com thing where it was like, hey, when if you're 40 and I'm 40, like, you know, we'll just get married or whatever like that. It was that yeah. person. But there was no like romantic 
it was like you put a placeholder in it, like for both of us. Like she did it and I did it too. And it was nothing in the, we were friends in that moment, but it was like, you know, maybe at some point, maybe. And uh, my, my friend lived in New York at the time and she went to a wedding in New York and they hooked up at the wedding. And then he told me, and it was like this thing where it was like, oh, um, yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> it was fine, man. Whatever. I don't even care. You know, like it was this thing where like you have no ownership, no right or anything to feel anything, but it still was like, oh, uh, but like. That we had a we we had a thing that we had planned on doing. I, I was saving that but for something. But that's the thing is, you're allowed. Dawson is allowed to feel whatever he's feeling, right? Like that's I yeah. don't have any problems with Dawson's feelings. I have to tell. I have yeah. a, I have a problem with Dawson's <laughs> actions and how he yes. deals with his feelings because you're right. He yes. doesn't have any claim. Nobody has any claim on anybody. But he has yes. no reason to be upset outwardly upset in this moment. And he fights and he almost does the good thing when he says, "Yes, what could be better than my two friends kissing?" Which I mean a little bit of yes. weird thing to say, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a little odd, weird, odd, but like it, it, the gesture is nice and the meaning behind yes. it is nice and would have been the most mature thing he could have said if he had not then had like some brain flip and was yeah. like, actually, no, wait, I'm not okay with it. It was like insane. Like, it was like wild. It was very weird. And I don't really understand where they were taking us with that. Other than that, like he's conflicted, yes. but it was a weird way to show that he was conflicted. Well, here's the thing. Cause it's, it's good. Cause we've been talking about Jen, you know, Jen's pauses when being asked difficult questions about her feelings of Dawson and that being very indicative of, of her real feelings um, or lack thereof. Whereas Dawson doesn't hesitate at all when Pacey first asks. He's he's bewildered. No. He is he is sh shocked that this is a thing. But he immediately, immediately his gut reaction is yes. It's only yeah. once he stops to think about it that he's like, huh, I don't know how I feel about this. And I think that it would have been fine if maybe there was a pause at the beginning, right? Like maybe yeah, Pacey yeah. asks and he's like, huh. And then he's like, hey, man, if you're not cool with it, totally fine. And then Dawson's like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. And then Pacey leaves. And then you see Dawson ruminating. It was the pacing of yes. it all. It really, that's what it was. That's the problem I have with it. It was just a weird, it was like a hiccup. It, yeah. was, it was just weird, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah, so Pacey's like, oh, okay, so you are cool? All right, cool. Well, see you later. I'm going to leave <laughs> before you do it again. So he leaves. And Dawson uh, starts sitting there in that moment and kind of stewing in that. And as he stands there, unsure of the blessing that he just gave Pacey, my song of the creek plays, which is She's the One by yes! Walt Yes! Uh, I, just, I just thought that was an awesome song. And it it, it, it plays for the, like the next the, for the last like 10 minutes on and off. It keeps coming Can in Can I tell out. you all then? One of my favorite songs of all time. It's a great song. I love this song. It's a great song. It, it really is a great song. Great lyrics, too. It's just a really well-written yeah. song. Um, so uh, the song kind of starts to fade out as Pacey drops off Joey and attempts to make a move. I can deal with the rejection pretty effortlessly. So long as we don't extend this really awkward moment any longer than we have to. Okay. Good night, Pacey. I had a nice time too today. See ya. Joe? Yeah? If, by some slim chance you would actually kiss me back, you'd have probably been thinking of somebody else, right? There is no room in her life emotionally at for all. someone else to be there romantically. And that's why Pacey's not an option right now. And that's why she's like, oh, yes. I'm not attracted to this guy. Because she couldn't be attracted to really anybody. That's a very good point. 
And um, I really, I really uh, enjoyed that moment as well because what it does now is it kind of puts, as well as the last episode, the last um, scene of the episode with Pacey, is that it kind of puts Pacey now in the Joey seat because now he's like, before I just was kind of annoyed that you are denying Joey, but now I like Joey, and now I have to watch her pine over you and you deny this girl that I now think is awesome. So I think we now start to see the where the problems for the, the this friendship threesome are starting to arise yeah. of like the conflict between them mm-hmm. all being able to be friends is you're starting to see the, the cracks in the armor now gets juicy. Um, um, she rejects him, but she rejects him because you know, she likes Dawson. He also kind of addresses it when she, before she goes into the house. And then, uh, so she's the one kicks back on as Dawson leaps out of bed. Cause he's been laying in bed, just kind of ruminating and like having that, having a weird look on his face. He jumps out of bed and walks past Mitch and Gail who are now holding each other. And we're like, Oh, they made up, but they are. The problem is though, they are just now terrified to answer the phone for the rest of their life. Now the phone's just ringing in the background and they're just like, we just won't answer the phone ever again. Also, I feel like we were missing. I think there must've been a scene that got cut. Because yeah, right. There was no rec. We never saw the reconciliation. We just see, at all just the hug. Just see the hug. So I, I, that must have been cut for time. I've always wondered that because it does cut from Mitch being like, "Great, Bob hasn't called. Yeah, it, cool, we're good." And it's like, yeah, there needed there needed to be something there other than just the hug and the cry, yeah. the tears. Like it felt out of place. You're like, oh, happy tears. So th- this is like, this is uh, they've resolved something, but we didn't see the resolution. And so that does kind of leave you with this empty feeling a little bit. But I, for me also, I know that the Gail and Mitch story really took a backseat to all of this because um, she, th- there's an episode right after the Bob thing where th- they're just not even in an episode. Yeah. You're like right after an affair was found out, they're like on a re- couple's retreat gone. So, but anyway, so uh, that happens and they walk past Gail and Mitch and, uh, uh uh, Dawson goes to the video store and confronts Pacey and is like, hey, I want to rescind my uh, blessing from, for, for, uh, for you two, this which is insane as well. You seem a little worked up here, Dawson. I don't know how to break this to you. Break what to me? Well, you're a little late. You kissed her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, she kissed me back. Right there in the front seat of the Witter family truck. Played tonto hockey for about an hour. She invites me in, but it was a little late, so I didn't. But she's cooking for me tomorrow night. She said she always wanted to cook for the right man. I guess she found him. <laughs> we think about heading up to this cozy little B&B up the coast, spend a little quality time this weekend. <sighs> You're so full of it. Yes, I am. <laughs> and so are you. You know, it's time you start asking yourself some serious questions, Dawson. Because you exhaust way too much time and energy on a girl you call your friend. So, you know what? Let's just set the record straight here. Who's it going to be? Is it Jen or is it Joey? Do you like the blonde or do you like the brunette? These questions are not going to go away, Dawson. It's time that you provide some answers. Ooh, it's a great ending. It's just, it really leaves him hanging. And it's just like... Oh, my God. (gasps) Um, I would love to get your your thoughts on how this episode was for you. Like, what did you think of this episode? It's hard for me to kind of step out of it because I, I've known about like when you asked me this epi- to do this episode, I, I knew yeah. from the title of the episode, I knew what it was. It's my favorite episode of season one. And I think yeah, wow, I, yeah. I just 
Ooh, I, I think that it's because it's the first time we really get a peek into Joey's world in a way that isn't filtered through Dawson. And I, I think that's really yeah. important. Um, I think it is very you get to you get a preview to the kind of um Spencer Hepburn vibe that that Pacey and Joey have. I feel like they they yeah. have that dynamic that is very forties rom com and and I think that's yeah. what people are so drawn to. And um I I just I I love like the, the the interplay everything that's going on like I I'm very uncomfortable watching this episode because of everything Dawson's doing but it's also very um it's very validating to watch because you know you're watching everyone around him being like what is this dude doing so even if yeah. he is being he's trying to be painted like a good guy like the I think the writers on some level must know what they're doing because everyone around him is written to be very uncomfortable. So it's almost like we yes. know we have to write this kind of quote unquote good guy. However, we're going to show you all this shitty stuff. We're going to show you how, how everybody around him feels bad and you have yeah. to decide for yourself how you feel about him. And I think I love that. I think it's just I mean, it's I think honestly, too that bit at the end that Pacey does, like you said, like him shaking, kind of like giving him this like wake up call is just, yeah. I, I remember that being in the previews of like the blonde or the brunette, like what are you going to do? And I think that it's, um, it was, it's, it's a turning point in the season. It really is. And I, and yeah. for that, that's what I really love about it. It's really like, all right, dude, you're living in your own world, but this is the world you're behaving in and this is how it's affecting yes. others. And you have to realize that. So I, I yes. love that. Clean up your mess, man. Clean up your yeah, mess. I, 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 lo I love that. I love that analysis of, I love that Annalise of uh, the episode. Yeah. That. <laughs> I, I, you know what? My name in, I, in, in uh, the way it's spelled in Portuguese does mean analysis. So there we, it's there kind we of go. Funny. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. And I agree. I, I think that this was one of my favorite episodes in totality. There have been other episodes that I watched that were like insane. I'm, obviously, detention is like... Whew, crazy yeah. you know and and um boyfriend is one that i thought was a fun one and hurricane mm -hmm. was just like cr just like crazy like it was just cr the idea that they all like the leary house is the most safe house in capes it just was just a mess it was so much yeah. mess but this episode like in totality like especially after talking to you it was like so many like little things that wrap up and also lay the foundation for big plot plot uh, plots and storylines in the future of this show really all kind of like sprouted in this episode and i really enjoyed it's it. it's painted like a it like kind of a calming mo moment like like really when you look at it you're like okay pacey and joey hunts for some snails and dawson goes on a double date and you're like on the surface it's like not much is going on but it's the little like you're saying it's the little things that kind yeah. of add up and it's deceptively uh it's deceptively intense and that's what i like about yes. it and that's this is my i agree kind of dawson's episode i agree i loved it I loved this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I like to play a couple of games, or I play what, what, one game, and then I wrap things up uh, at the end. So what I like to do here is I like to play a little game called uh, uh, Joey's Choice. <laughs> so uh, basically what it is is you are floating on a creek down a river, much like Pacey and Joey were in that one scene, um, and you come across two people floundering in the water. They're struggling for life, and you can only save one of them mm -hmm. based on the character traits that you gleaned and you learned from this episode only. Yeah. Um, and so, Annalise, who do you save? Do you save, uh, do you save Pacey or do you save Dawson? There is no world. There is no world in which I save Dawson um, <laughs> ever. And I know this is probably becoming a pattern on this podcast, <laughs> but what I would do 
I would say the best. Pattern. I would save Pacey, and as I bring him up, I would be like, "Don't leer at women," and I would just whisper in his ear. I'm like, "Okay, I'm not saying <laughs> that you're drowning forward, because yes. you happened to stare at Joey while she was getting undressed. I'm not not saying that. I'm not not. I'm not not saying that you're experiencing some level of karma. I'm just saying, don't do that. Don't do you're a good boy, yeah. okay? And then he'd be like, okay, and then we'd be fine. Yeah. And then he'd never do it again because that's the that's kind of, the kind that's of dude he lesson. is. Yeah. Dawson not being saved is like my favorite thing of the show. <laughs> he, it is, I'm it is. I I was listening because I was listening to this ep- that episode or uh, I was listening to to boyfriend recently yeah. and I was like, what scenario would it ha- like? What episode? I was trying to think of like an like an imaginary episode in which I wouldn't save Pacey. I don't think I'm not sure it exists. My guest saved Dawson when he when uh, Pacey masturbated in the, in the public bathroom. That's the only time that somebody yeah. saved uh, Dawson. Over okay, Pacey. but even then, I, but even then, I, if she would have still picked Pacey, I would have been like, "Yeah, no, I totally get it. He's great." <laughs> you know, I I I was like, I, I had to go like, I mean, okay, I, yeah, man, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. It was a little pervy. It was a little pervy, but I mean, Dawson's still very crazy in this episode. He threw a ball at his friend's face and busted his nose yeah, open. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, hey, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? That's all. I, that's all I can say. It's like, what are you gonna? Do? Surprising, but okay. Uh, uh, Annalise, what is it that you learned? What is the takeaway that you uh, have from episode ten of season one, Double Date? What is it that you learned so that I can put that in a bottle and toss it into the creek? So what I learned is that when the universe shows you something, just listen to it. If you are presented with a situation in which your ex-girlfriend doesn't want to be around you, that's okay. You don't have to reach out. You don't have to be friends. Let it go. If you're presented with a situation in which this nice young lady may want to date you, may not, but you're still not over your ex, maybe don't use her. Like I'm saying, don't try to control the universe. Let the universe meet you and then react to it. And that would be my main takeaway. I'm learning that, but this is more me talking to Dawson. (laughs) And if I could give any piece of advice to that young man who doesn't exist because he's a fictional character, I would say just listen to the universe around you and you'll be much happier. And also maybe tie up a boat so you don't have to wade back when you're looking for snails. Two very powerful lessons from Annalise. I agree with those wholeheartedly. Don't try to defy the universe. The signs are there. Listen to them. Use them as a guiding force. I love that. And also, tie up your boat. What are you doing? It's going to drift away. That's how water works. Uh, Annalise, thank you so much for joining me. I would love if there's anything that you would like to plug or tell people to go download or listen to. I would love to promote whatever it is that you well like. thank you so much for having me on um i do engineer a few shows on the exactly right network um mainly that's messed up an svu podcast i saw what you did which is an amazing double feature podcast which is so fun and then i said no gifts with bridger weiniger um also i do do music so if you ever want to check out some of the stuff i've done it's at girlishfigure.bandcamp.com and i will have my band the planets are going to be reuniting at the end of the year to finally record our, uh, our album that we wrote before the pandemic and we never got a chance to do. So um, if you want to follow us at, oh, wow. at The Planets, that's Planet, Planet with two Ts. Is this the band that you describe as New New yeah, Wave? Yeah, New New Wave, yeah. I love that. So we, that. we, we formed that. right right in, like around 2019, wrote a bunch of songs, and we didn't have a chance to record. But now that things are opening up more, we're going to have stuff by the end of the year. So um, if you want to follow our stuff on Twitter and Instagram, we'll have things posted there before the end of the year it would be nice to have some people ready to have eyes and ears on it when we're ready to go so 
Well, you got, well, you got, you got, you're talking to one right now. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I uh, love new wave music, and I look forward to hearing from the planets. I think that that's going to be awesome. And again, thank you so much for joining me. This was so thank fun. Thank you. Uh, and to everyone else, uh, see you guys next week. See the peace in every eye. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to know right now, will you leave me?